I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. Let's go! We prepared and give them a game plan and have them ready for the weekend. It's a fantastic game. Really mouth-water and time. One that we're really looking forward to. We don't get the quality to do it. You know, we just have to have that confidence. They believe in the system. Believe in what we're doing. The Celtic winning Sunday Paul. I think the job becomes John Kennedy's to lose. The Goal Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited, hosted by Rob McLean, John Hartson, and Craig Moore. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 1717 700. Let's go! go. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk football for the next couple of hours. The Go Radio Football Show for a Tuesday. Uh, Rob McLean here, John Hartson, and Craig Moore. What a lineup we've got! Your calls most welcome as usual. You know the number. You've heard it already. Oh eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred. Text go and your message to eight seventy four seventy four on the socials at Go Football Show. What we're we going to talk about? Well, Rangers are four games away from being invincible in this title-winning season, their first title in ten years, and they're a possible four games away from a league and cup double. And uh, the media tart that he is, Craig Moore, <laughs> was in action on television, Rangers TV at the weekend. You were up close and personal. Yeah. Were they worth their win, Craig? And what did you think? Yeah, now look, Rangers, uh, they, they'd done enough um, at the weekend with, without being brilliant, if, I, if I'm being honest. Um, Hibs, um, they had a lot of joy in terms of getting in behind between Barisic and Holanda. Um, caused Rangers a, a few problems. Um they controlled large parts of the game, uh, but not huge amounts of, of opportunity within it. But they'll be happy with the three points. They certainly weren't at their, at their best, and they'll need to be better against Celtic, obviously, uh, this coming weekend. Celtic were a whole lot better at the weekend. John Hartson, 6-0 against Livingston. We heard Mark Guidi there last night saying that this job could still go to John Kennedy. What do you think? Well, all John can do is go and win games, ultimately. Um you know, Celtic. Remember, I've I've drawn and and lost to um, to Livingston this season, um, and for Celtic to go and thump them six 0 like they did the weekend, a very impressive result. Um, and they were out the weekend. Now Celtic go to Ibrox in a huge game, uh, fourth round of the Scottish Cup, um, and Celtic don't really want to finish the season trophyless. If they if they can, you know they want to try and win a trophy this season to to appease the supporters, of course. And then there's another game left. Then obviously in the league to finish off. Um, so I would imagine if John Kennedy goes the season, wins the Scottish Cup, and manages to to to, to beat Rangers in in the last game, um, then I think he makes. He makes a play for the job. Um, he can then throw his. Are you happy in the ring. with John Kennedy? Are you? Would you be happy with John Kennedy? Well, I think when you've been talking about the likes of managers, like the ones who've got mentions, you know, like Eddie Howe and Steve Clark and several others, then you would probably go with them before John. But if Celtic are in a position where they can't get the right one, and John keeps winning and keeps 
playing uh, really good football, mm. progressing on the front foot, um, you know, like they've been playing, then I suppose he comes he, he comes in the running, Rob. Mm. You know, I, I'm not too sure. Let's let's get the Celtic fans on tonight this year if they if they'd be happy with John Kennedy. Yeah. But all John has to do is keep winning. Keep playing great football like he's doing. Comes across excellent. Um, yeah, he does. He, he's ha- he's yeah. handled it all really well. He's handled this yeah. situation, which has been really difficult for him, really well. He's spoken. He does speak really well. But is he enough, Craig Moore, for the for the Celtic fans? Because they're they're putting him up alongside Steven Gerrard for next season. It's competition. It's it's winning back the title so, time. And there is a, there's always that competition, uh, obviously between the the two clubs, as we as we know, um, you know. But I guess following up from what John said there, I mean, all, all John Kennedy can do is is have that team set up to perform well and to go out and win football matches. Um, it was an absolute canter against Livingston. Um, you know, El Yanusi getting a getting a hat trick. Some good goals within that game. Two massive old firm games. That again, if Celtic aren't making quick decisions, the longer this goes, then obviously John Kennedy, um, you know, puts himself right in the frame uh, for me. And uh, you know, be interested. We've had conversations in the past about the support and whether they think that John Kennedy would be the right or wrong manager. Season tickets and and all these kind of things, but. Celtic need to get a manager that's going to turn the club around and very, very quickly uh, and get back to being competitive next season. That's that's the one for me. You know, the fans might say, you know, he's not a big enough name. But what I would say to that is John knows that football club. Inside out. Inside out. Yeah. He's been there. He's worked with three different managers. He'd have took a lot from each each one of them. Uh, in particular, Brendan Rodgers on the tactical side, you know, because he was magnificent tactically. Okay, he didn't do great in Europe, but you look at the way he set his team up, the way that they played, um, what he's doing now at Leicester, what he did at Liverpool. You know, mm. let's let's not forget that. Yeah. So for me, uh, I think John's got to deliver the Scottish Cup. Yeah, Elianusi scored two. Uh, oh, sorry, two, two of those six two. goals at the weekend, but it was still a great performance, a couple of great finishes, and I think a lot of Celtic fans have maybe, well, I think they may be swayed back and forth a bit. Well, you know, see, at some times in the course of the season, they would have happily yeah. sent him back where he came yeah. from. Uh, at other points, uh, they would want him weighed in on a, a longer term deal because there's no doubt uh, he's got massive talent. Let's hear from Sean on the Tuesday night Go Radio Football Show. Hi, Sean. How are we doing, guys? You're not, you're Hi, not, uh, you're not circling Hoganfield Lock at the moment, are you? Yeah, no, I'm sitting in the house waiting on an Amazon, but that's about it. <laughs> okay, um, I won't ask uh, what's in the package, but uh, what, uh, what, <laughs> what, what, what would you like to say, Sean? Um, I would just like to say, see, next season, feel like they're talking about um, making a Rangers beat and a Rangers still to be for Scottish League Two. See, if that did turn, I would be for it, but I would only be against it. If it was got to affect the own, they see the own leagues coming up, like the Northern, I think it's the South or the, the Highland and Lowland leagues, I'm, yeah. I accept. I wouldn't like it to happen if it's got to affect them coming up, but if, if no, and then I'm all for it. What do you think, Craig? The Rangers and Celtic Colts teams joining the SPFL. It's been much spoken about. Yeah. I think there are loads of question marks about uh, what's going to happen between this season and next season. Yeah. Um, and obviously there is still the, the, the doubts 
uh, about Barry Ferguson's Kelty Hearts uh, playing Brora, getting the chance to play Brora for a place in yep. the in the senior setup. Yeah, now nah, look, it has. It's been a really, really difficult season, and 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 the Colts scenario with Rangers and Celtic has been spoken about quite a quite a lot. A lot of merit. In that, in terms of getting younger players, uh, you know, playing professional football and against men, John, you know how, how much you benefit from playing against men. But it needs to be the right decision for Scottish football. Uh, it, this can't be about Rangers and Celtic, in my opinion. You're looking at the development of Scottish players uh, to create um, a legacy and, and, and stronger national teams moving forward. So it has to be right for the game, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, what what is crucial, I think, to the SPFL is that it, it is constantly freshened up and you don't get teams hanging about at the bottom level, uh, unlikely to go anywhere, not doing anything. Uh, and, you're, and you've got vibrant clubs out with, desperate to burst through the door, John. Yeah, that's right. And I think you've got, you've got, you know, there's clubs like East Kilbride and, and, and Brora Rangers, these type of clubs who... Uh, you don't really want to, you know, hold back their development. Really, if if Celtic and Rangers are are obviously going to challenge um, in terms of being up there, but I think what Craig is saying is that competitive football is great for young players because wow. reserve team games, you know, you you play in the reserves. They're, they're, they're like they're, they're more like bounce games. Reserves are like for players who are coming back to full fitness yeah. and and this type of thing. So getting the Rangers and Celtic, getting the B teams out there, if you like, to make the leagues more competitive, might add a little bit more to 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 the game anyway. But I think there's a there's a lot to be sorted out and, and settled. I'm not sure about whether uh, the pyramid playoff is one thing, but we're also entering a phase of the season where there are, where there are playoffs uh, between all the leagues uh, mm. in the SPFL, and it, and it's really important that that happens. It's really important that that uh, there is the risk of of dropping out if you haven't performed well enough, mm. and the, the reward uh, of moving up a league if if you deserve to do so. It, it's a must. That that is so important that you have that in football, and and I can speak with experience with that because in Australia we we haven't had that, and and it delivers for me a really mediocre product. Does it start to stagnate? Uh, massively, massively. As football players, and 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 that that pressure cooker environment that we all know and love, it's about winning and 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 you know lifting trophies or gaining promotion, and also if you're not good enough. You are relegated, and you need to go back to the drawing board, and you need to improve. and And I think that you have to, you have to have that. Uh, that that is what uh, football culture for me is all about, and that drives standards, Rob. Sean, what about your team, Rangers? Is it going to be uh, an invincible season? Do you reckon um, in the in this title winning season? Um, I don't think Rangers will lose that game. I think Rangers will uh, manage to finish it. Um, so I'll, I'll see you after that, but. Uh, I think it's got the hard game on Sunday, but I'll I'll go with two one Rangers. Two one seems to be a lucky number for me, so I'll go two one. And two. it's been changed again. Yeah, three o'clock now Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, just when you thought the music had stopped, it started again. And uh, yeah, I think only one of the ties uh, has stayed where it was, um, which is Forford against Dundee United on Friday night. The rest of them have all moved. So uh, hopefully they stay where they are now. Here's Stephen Gerrard, your, your gaffer, speaking about this unbeaten run. We want to win football games. We want to be successful. And to do that, you have to win games. You've got no choice. You know, the Rangers manager, Rangers player. You're under pressure and responsibility to win games. And that's what we'll try and do from now till the end of the season. If we can go unbeaten, fantastic. But the important thing is just to keep winning, take each game as it comes. 
Yeah, he's playing it down, isn't he? As he's done all season long, it has been. Uh, he has never got ahead of himself, nor of the, the players all season long. But when you get to within four of an invincible league campaign, Craig, you want to nail it, don't you? Yes. Um, look, yeah, they're now at a, at a stage in terms of securing the uh, the title early. Um, that, that this last little block, you know, in terms of staying undefeated, that'll be that'll be a massive motivation for the club and for the players. Uh, you know, breaking a hundred points again, another massive motivation. Potential Scottish Cup uh, opportunity uh, this weekend against Celtic. So there's enough motivation there for for Rangers um, to to go on and do the right things uh, to try and have a, a an unbelievable finish to the season. Stephen Gerrard, look, his messaging and the way that he's communicated with the media has been brilliant all season. Um, now it's up to the players to deliver. Celtic would love to stop Rangers in their tracks. They would love to end that unbeaten league run. But much more importantly, they want to win on Sunday. Uh, yeah, as it is now, John. Well, of course, um, because it's, you know Celtic have been synonymous in the last twelve, thirteen years in terms of winning winning trophies. If you think if Celtic go out this weekend, they'll be the first time in thirteen years they've not picked up a trophy during a season yeah. so and obviously I think they're going for the five Scottish Cups in a row mm-hmm. which which has been remarkable it's been a really good cup competition for them but they're going to have to go out there and, and put in a really strong um, performance to beat Rangers because Rangers for me at the minute as Craig just said there they never played particularly well at the weekend but they're riding this crest of a wave they've got momentum they, they're winning games where they're not at their best they're drawing games when maybe they should be beat you know things like this but you know that's a sign of a good team that's a sign of a team that's got confidence and um, as I said it, it'll be a great game if I'm doing it I'm, I'm doing the television I'll be at Ibrox on Sunday and um you know, as I said, it's you know, and obviously the league game still to come. Mm. You know, there's only four teams ever done that. You know, gone gone unbeaten in in the league, mm. and I think the games that are that are left: Aberdeen, Livy, Celtic, St. Johnson, mm. all in the top six. Yeah, but I think if Rangers concentrate on on Celtic in that one, they might possibly take their eye off the other four, but. You know, the way they've been going, um, you know, you, you could see them going invincible, really, couldn't you? Sean, thanks for your call. And 2-1 two, 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 you're going for. 2-1 two, two, Rangers, yeah? Yeah, 2-1, definitely, yeah. Good man, thanks for thanks for calling the show. We're going to change the pace a little now uh, and take a break from what we usually do at this stage in the show. Here's a, a shocking stat for you. One in three men in Scotland have experienced suicidal thoughts as a result of stress alone. All week on the, the Go Radio Football Show, we're in association with Men Matter Scotland to support and highlight men's mental health. The following is a testimonial from Stephen, who attends the charity which aims to prevent suicide and help men in need across Scotland. My name is Stephen McGoldrick. I discovered Men Matter Scotland just over a year ago at what was a really low point in my life. I had been looking for help for some time and I felt that a men's mental health organisation would perhaps understand my issues that little bit better. Like many others, I felt programmed to think that showing emotion or expressing feelings or hurt or sadness was a weakness. But I soon found out that this was an important part of moving forward. Whilst looking through Facebook, Men Matter Scotland just happened to pop up. And so I plugged up the courage to send them a message. Making that initial contact 
was incredibly hard, but it was one of the best things that I ever did. After a few conversations, I had a full understanding of the services on offer, and I felt like this was a surefire way to help make me feel better. A few days later, I was invited to a one-to-one counselling session, and very quickly I felt reassured that they understood my issues and knew exactly how to help me. I had always felt shrouded in darkness and guilt and a bit lost in my problems, but now, more than ever, I knew I didn't have to go through this on my own. I can honestly say that I owe my life to men Mark Scotland, and I am now fully in the road to recovery. As well as feeling better in myself, I now feel confident enough to volunteer on a weekly basis and use my own experiences to help other men as best I can. Men Mark Scotland now feels like one big family, one that continues to grow and one that continues to do everything it can to help those in need. Thanks so much to Stephen for that and thank you for listening as well. If you'd like more information on the great work Men Matter Scotland do, uh, please visit thisisgo.co.uk. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Thanks, Chris, for the travel regular updates uh, between now and seven o'clock. It's Rob McLean, Craig Moore and John Hartson on the Tuesday edition. And we'll have uh, Celtic and Scotland defender um, Jack Hendry. Wait, you (laughs) that one out. Yeah, exactly. I was was going just over my left shoulder when I managed to grab hold of it. Jack Hendry is with us on the back of six, talking about his uh, international career. He played against Austria and Israel for Scotland in those latest... Uh, games in the World Cup qualifiers. Will he be part of the Euros squad? I wonder. And what's going to happen uh, to the last year of his contract at Celtic? Will he go back? He's with Ostend in Belgium, Belgium. at the moment. They're just yep. outside the, the European places. So, uh, And I think they're keen to keep him on as well. We'll find that mm-hmm. all out at six o'clock. And if you've got a message uh, or something you'd like to ask Jack, uh, then get that to us and we will pass that on when he's with us just after the news at six. A player you like, John? Yes, I think I like I like the fact that he's he's left Celtic and um, and gone to Ostend and did very well. He's obviously got great character. Um, still been involved in the Scotland in the Scotland campaigns, obviously. Um, uh, and for me as well, you look at Celtic in terms of a centre half. We're going to talk about Welsh signing a new four year contract. That's it, which is fantastic news for the club. But his his development alongside Aya has been outstanding. Aya needs to take an awful lot of credit mm. for the way that he's he's played alongside Welsh and they've been able to bring him into the team. His, his performances have been excellent. But you look at um, Jack Hendry, it, it might well be a case if Aya was to leave, he's got a year left on his contract, by the way, after this summer. Yeah. So if he was to leave, then it, it might be a no-brainer. You have to bring him back. And I think it probably felt a bit strange maybe at times for Celtic fans that Jack Hendry had been loaned out at a time when they were struggling so badly in central defence. Shane Duffy just wasn't working. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Julian was injured. Uh, they had mm-hmm. big problems in that area, which which offered up the chance to, to Stephen Welsh. Um, but um, Jack Hendry could have been a, a man to solve an issue for them. Yeah, but I mean, it just goes to show you how quickly things can can turn around and change in in football. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Jack Hendry was was on loan out at Melbourne City, I believe, in Australia. Um, so you know, you're, t- you're talking about uh, a remarkable turnaround. The most important thing for for Jack is that he's playing regular football. Uh, you know, Belgium's a tough league. Um, that that'll be of huge benefit to him. And you know, can can he set that bounce back into to, to Celtic and and do a good job there? Yeah, he probably can. Um, 
that's for Celtic to, to make that decision. We've touched on Welsh. Yep. Aya, for me, is, is, is not a concern because he's a wonderful player, but uh, are Celtic able to, to keep a hold of him? Yep. Does he want to stay? Does he want to stay? Um, so, again, the, the, you know, that for me is something that the Celtic need to work through. Um, but you know, on Jack, obviously, I think he's you know he's got great size. Um, he's a ball player. But again, I think we talk about that too much defensively now, John. I think yeah. you know now can he defend? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that for me is the most important thing. Uh, and I believe that you know he he can. Um, but at the moment, he's he's in Belgium. Does he return? It's a possibility. I, th- I think Duffy as well, Rob. I think there wasn't a Celtic fan on the planet that wasn't excited to see Shane Duffy sign for Celtic captain of his country over mm-hmm. 100 games down in the Premier League for Brighton he was a fantastic signing but for whatever reason yeah and he, he had his issues and he had some yeah. issues and, yeah. and only only, only um, Shane will be able to explain them really whenever he gets the opportunity to do that but I was certainly excited I thought mm. physicality people will talk about Julien and I uh, first game of the season down at Kilmarnock got bullied you know yeah. and mm. <clears throat> you know struggled against uh, you know somebody who's a focal point you know backing in all of a sudden Shane Duffy comes in he solved all our problems Yeah, he's, for, he's physical he loves that side of the game and for whatever happened he started really well mm. scored himself a few goals Ross yeah. County bulleted a header in our way up there mm. and then for whatever reason I don't know whether Shane psychologically or mentally thought it was going to be a lot easier than actually yeah. than what he found I think out it, I think it was probably like a lot of things for Celtic this season I think it was probably a combination oh. of factors that, that came into it because it went against all predictions I, mean, yeah. I spoke to Davey Weir a few months back yes. he's attached to Brighton of course yep. uh, he thought he was going to be a sure fire mm-hmm. success we had Billy Reid on this programme who's the assistant manager at Brighton uh, and he was really excited on Celtic's behalf that they'd signed a real English Premier League quality central yeah. defender who was was going to set the heather light up here, and, and it and just hasn't, hasn't happened. And let's be let's be clear, Duffy is a, is a, is a great player. That's not the. Sometimes you know you come to a Rangers or you come to a Celtic, and for whatever reason, um, you know it, it doesn't happen overnight, and it doesn't happen quick enough. And that's what you have to do up here because you know you just you're under so much so much pressure. Um, and, and, and unfortunately that didn't happen but that's the challenges as well Rob sometimes as, as a player when you you know you go through um, a form dip or you mm. know confidence is low or maybe there's some off field issues and all those kind of things they're huge challenges to then be able to go and deliver week in week out do your job very well and have an influence on others which Duffy you know at the, at the top of his game he can do all of that mm. um, but th- it's always and, and the year it's been as well the, it's I been think, a disaster need, of a year I think you need to yeah. cut a bit of slack ah, for to sure. lots of people don't you yeah. in terms of what's happened in the last year or so and I think Shane Duffy definitely qualifies in that category and maybe um, a lot of people have been a bit too quick to pounce and maybe a little bit over critical uh, of what's happened in his life uh, which is much more important than, than what's happening or has happened on the football field let's speak to Jordan how are you doing? <laughs> uh, not too bad at all not too bad looking forward to the weekend what would you like to say? I was just wondering, just with the guys talking about the start of the show about John Kennedy sort of putting himself in the picture now for the mm. job full time. Mm. If 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 the board were to give him that, do you reckon he would get the same sort of abilities to change things in house as a, a bigger name guy would? That's a that's a really interesting question, that uh, Jordan. Do you know what this has been labelled as well previously at, at Neil Lennon? Um, you know when Neil comes in. You know he's he's got to work to a certain budget, and does he have the authority as an ex-player and a manager to call big shots? 
Whereas Brendan Rodgers came in, Martin O'Neill came in and said, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want this much money. This is what it's going to take to turn this around. There's a massive turnaround in terms of personnel, players going back to the parent clubs. Celtic need a lot of players. They need another six or seven players, I feel, to challenge and, and, and to... Um, and to get on top, to be the top team again in Scotland, that's what it's going to take. Will John, you know, will he command that from Dermot Desmond and 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 the um, the shareholders? You know, or they or will they say, look, John, you know, John might feel he's delighted to get the job, but in in his mind, he's got to be really strong. And I'm sure he really knows what he wants. He, John will be planning to get the job, by the way, Jordan. John won't see this. John won't just see this as like filling in, you know, till the end of the season. John will be saying, "I want this job." He'll be treating it as if he's the manager. He'll be as professional as ever. And I think some of his performances have showed that the players have turned things around slightly. Although the league is done, and yes, it was only Livingston, but you know, I think it's a really interesting point. Whereas if you say, and Eddie Howe comes in, he demands. Yeah, yeah. You know, them talks, them talks are demanding talks. For me to come up to Scotland, I'm going to need this. Rangers are are, are ahead Mm -hmm. at the minute. Personnel, quality, this, that, and the other. Does John have that authority? You know, I'd like to think he does if, if. he gets the job, and it, and it depends where the balance of power lies, doesn't it? In the, in in his in the appointment of the the new manager, because if it's if it's somebody that Celtic badly want, let's call him Eddie Howe, yeah. uh, he can call the shots. Uh, and he, he can bring his own backroom team and, yeah. he, and if Celtic want him so badly he can maybe do whatever he wants if you're John Kennedy yeah. and you're there already and you've been in the works mm-hmm. for quite some considerable time and you're getting a promotion yep. maybe you don't have a lot of say in what happens round about you yeah and look in, in, in the kindest possible way John Kennedy wouldn't have the same authority and power as an Eddie Howe that would come in that potentially saying I want to bring a sporting director which for me is, is madness. Uh, for me, be careful what you what you wish for because for me, it's always important of long-term stability at a football club. And, and we know the game of coaching, they come and go. They come and go. Uh, and so you've got to be careful in terms of what you want to give away uh, because you've got to look at the long-term stability of the football club. John Kennedy, th- there doesn't need to be massive structural changes to the football club. Um, whereas a new manager coming in with all these kind of demands... It's massive change, and, yeah. and, and therefore it's hard also to turn that over in a, in, a, in a quick period of time, John, which is what Celtic supporters will be desperately wanting to see. That's right. Yeah, they will be because they'll want to, they'll want to um, respond and react to the way that Celtic have lost. It's, there's not been a fight this season. I've said it many yeah. times. Rangers have absolutely, you know, they've, they've strode home, haven't they? Yeah. Without the challenge, really. And, and, and even if Celtic... You know, are not serious contenders next season, which is crazy to think that. I think they can claw the title back. They've got to get closer. They've got to show more urgency, more of a fight. And to do that, you're going to have to go into the market. We don't know it. There's so much to do. It's incredible. Maybe there's lots being done behind the scenes at the moment that, that we don't know about. It's possible, isn't it? You know, you would, you, if you're a Celtic fan, you're hoping there's lots been going on <laughs> in the last weeks and months. Even though it's appeared to be confusion yeah. and chaos from the outside, you would hope that plenty of pieces are being put in place. You'd like to think that, that there are plenty of... Uh, well, there will be a lot of work that's been done in the background, but I, I get the feeling that... 
um, the direction has kind of maybe changed a couple of times. You know, maybe some something that Celtic thought that they were convinced was going to happen, and all of a sudden it's not. So that uncertainty, I think, has also you know caused a lot of speculation uh, for us to be able to discuss. It's, it's that uncertainty, and I mm. think for we've touched on it loads of times, Rob. The importance for Celtic to to let people know exactly what's happening, so that you can recruit and make decisions on the current squad, but more importantly, build for next season to be competitive, like we've said. It's like announcements like Eddie Howe um, will make a decision on Tuesday. You know, where does that come from? Does it just come from some guy phones in from Easter House and says, this is what I heard? You know, it's like we... we I saw fans, him buying a house. But Celtic fans want, want proper information. Yeah. They want to know what's going on. Yeah. You know, we we just don't know. Well, they're up. They're, there's a lot of trust in play at the well, moment. From a there has to be point for, of view, they're probably thinking the best way forward is actually at the minute is to not say nothing. Yeah, well, that mm. that seems to be the case. Mm. Jordan, is John Kennedy high profile enough for you to be the next gaffer? See, if I'm completely honest, my old man always says to me, "You're always going to be a Celtic fan." So, regardless of who's in the seat, as long as they do the job and the players play for them and they work their hardest. And I'm, I'm not overly bothered who's in the seat. I'm more bothered about how the team are playing yeah. and whether or not that player's yeah. got that manager's got the best interest at heart. So if it's John Kennedy, I'll still be going to the games next season when mm-hmm. I can. I'll yeah. still be watching it on the telly. You know? So yeah, no no Celtic fan ever wants a manager to come in and fail. So there may be a lot of bluster. He's not a big enough name. He's not a big enough blah, blah, blah. But like, like John said earlier, it's, he's, he's been there for years now. He's going to have... It doesn't matter what your job is. If if you're ambitious, you look at what your manager's doing and you think, I'd maybe do something differently. So surely he's going to have an idea in his head of how he would want to coach the team. So the benefit with John Kennedy might be that, although, because realistically people would have wanted someone to come in a bit earlier, he's been there for four years now. So mm. if he is going to get that free reign, then he'll already have a plan in his head of what you want to do with it. The question, don't, don't be, the question would be whether you want continuity, though. We did. Do you, you know, in terms of, I mean, Celtic have obviously gone downhill uh, over how long a period they've been going downhill. Even though they've still been winning trophies, it is open to debate. Yeah. Um, but they've <clears throat> definitely gone downhill. So, so do you want con- continuity? Do you actually want part of the coaching setup that's been in existence for the last few years to go on, or do you want to make a clean break? Is this the start of a new Celtic, a new era? Well, well the, the, sorry. sorry, Jordan. Go on, Jordan. Go on. You're the guest. Go on. You get, what you got to say, mate? What you got to say? I, I just, I just want to say that I think, regardless of continuity, I think yeah, any realistic football fan knows how hard it is to maintain a good level of performance and success. If you've only got to look at Liverpool. They're sort of not capitulation, but compared to this season, compared to last season, how yeah. differently it's gone, and that's happened to Celtic over a, maybe a longer period of time, and that can be said whether or not because it's the Scottish League. But I think any Celtic fan just wants to see. Consistent good performances. That was the biggest biggest difference between Celtic and Rangers, in my opinion, this year is consistency. Yeah. On paper, the squads are equal, but Rangers have been consistently consistently winning games regardless of what's happened. What I would say as well about John Kennedy, right? I, I was at the club um, when John um, was coming through as a player, and and I think the times he has been given the opportunity to talk and to give his views on the on the game and the team and and everything else, John is a sturdy character. Yeah, determined, um, speaks with authority, knows what he wants from the players. Exactly, you can see that when he's talking, and there's no messing about with John. He, he is a tough character. You know, um, so when John speaks with authority, don't just think he's taken over here as like an interim. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier on, 
John will want the job and he will want to prove to, to, to the people at Celtic above him, the decision-making people yeah. who are going to rule over the job, that, hey, don't just... Don't um, you know? Don't just ignore me. Don't ignore what I'm doing here because I'm working hard and I'm getting the team playing well. Yeah. But it's and also interesting for the remainder of the season. Can he bring home the Scottish Cup? Yeah. Can he go and beat Rangers in the in the last game? You know, you know, and, and stop Rangers going going through the season. You know, uh, unbeaten. It's these type of things that will help him get the job massively. And, and he is an impressive communicator. I mean, this was him um, talking about Celtic showing the the clinical touch at the weekend you know, that's what we've been wanting this is what we've been asking of the players in terms of we have dominated games and we have been in full control of the games but we have to be clinical you know you have to be deadly in the final third and we showed that the, you know there was more chances there with much more chances from inside the box rather than 25 yards mm. and we're creating much bigger chances and that's what we want to do because we know we've got the quality to do it you know we just have to have that confidence to, to believe in the system believe in what we're doing and we've got enough quality we know we'll finish them off so it's a great bit of confidence for them great result very well deserved and we're delighted to just move on to the next game now he does, uh, he does speak really well John when you were at Celtic uh, when you were a player at Celtic and there were changes happening in the background was that were, were you made aware of them were the players kept in the loop in that respect um, and, and you know my question I guess is will the current squad of players who are wondering what's coming around will they be being briefed a whole lot more than the fans are well the, there's always changes when when a manager leaves I remember when Martin O'Neill left I think Martin O'Neill earmarked Gordon Strachan to take over so the players knew who the next manager was coming in I had one year under Gordon um, I left Chris Sutton left that summer Alan Thompson left Gordon brought in um, Scott McDonald, brought in Kenny Miller brought in Gary Caldwell brought in um, Stephen Presley brought in Paul Hartley brought in Craig Gordon changed the team around totally almost saw to himself well the Celtic team that Martin played got big characters big characters in the dressing room all of a sudden he wanted he wanted younger players he wanted he almost thought Gordon that you know them them players have been fantastic for Celtic I want to go a different way that's his prerogative as 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 the manager by the way so a lot changed and then Gordon actually went on to win his first three titles in charge I know Rangers at the time, it was um, Paul de Gwen, wasn't it? They were having a bit of a stinker under Paul de Gwen. <laughs> but I've got to say, Gordon Strachan, you know, Stephen McManus was his captain, with three fantastic years, three titles in a row. So it worked for Celtic that period, but there are changes. There will be lots of changes. I can't even start to think of all the changes that's going to happen over this summer. Surely uh, Sunday uh, could make a massive difference, Jordan, for John Kennedy. 100%. I think it's it's got to be the focus because if we don't if we don't progress in a competition then there's other than stopping Rangers Invincible run mm. which isn't much of a goal for the season when you think about mm. what the start of the season looks like so I think they've got to give everything this weekend and I'm actually quietly confident that they will do Okay good to hear from you Jordan thanks, thanks for Jordan. thanks for getting in touch with the show that is Jordan talking Celtic and talking that big match on Sunday it's been all change it's worth the uh, it's worth probably reminding all of us uh, as to how those games go now. Only one has stayed where it was uh, in terms of the, the new shake-up of the Scottish Cup fourth round for this uh, coming weekend. All change, of course, because of the Duke of Edinburgh's funeral, which is uh, Saturday afternoon. So Friday night, it's now St Mirren and Vaness. That's the first game of the fourth round. Six o'clock start. Motherwell against Morton is seven. Uh, live on TV is Forfer 
against Dundee United. Forfar, of course, have lost their manager in the build-up to this one uh, Friday night. Then Saturday for Kilmarnock and Montrose. That's 11.45. That's a strange old mm. uh, kick-off time uh, for those two on Saturday. St. Johnson against Clyde is half-past five, as is Aberdeen against Livingston, which is a massive match in all sorts of ways and for all sorts of reasons. Uh, Stephen Glass uh, will be in charge for the first time of Aberdeen and he'll have Alan Russell, the England strikers coach, alongside him as well. On Sunday, Hibs at Stranraer, that is 12.15 on the television and then it is uh, three o'clock for the big one. On Sunday, Rangers against Celtic. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. And on Tuesday night, it's Craig Moore and John Hartson in the same studio at the same time. How was it when you were on the same pitch in opposition, Craig? Just saying, it, it reminded me early doors when I was walking through and I got shoved through the door. Eh? Just, just, just. It's a small door. Yeah. You're lucky you didn't put you under the door. Oh, right. Nah, we used to look. Uh, I used to love playing against uh, John. Uh, he was a you know big physical player, but a fantastic player. We know we know that he had the opportunity to to, to sign for Rangers and unfortunately that, that fell through and he ended up um, you know, tormenting us for a few years great player uh, at Celtic but what I, what I loved about John is I guess we were both physical type of players and mm. you know, we'd catch each other from time to time but not a word was said and, and that, that's kind of the generation I, I guess that we were and, and the way that it was back then yeah. Well you've got a chance to see it now then after, <laughs> after all these years Did he get a kick at you John once or twice? Do you yeah, remember the yeah, boot of Craig Moore? Most definitely and like, you know, like he was saying it's, it's all of a sudden and you, you think to yourself I've got a game here yeah yeah right I'm in the game you know you actually actually quite enjoy that one thing I hated was on the centre half he'd catch you and he'd go oh sorry big fella sorry big but Craig would he wouldn't say sorry and I think he'd be like take that you know but what I get asked I often get asked who were the the best you played against in Scotland and when I go down to England I say Tony Adams and and these type of you know Pallister and Keown and these types and and when they say Scotland, Craig's always on 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 you know the, um, on that list for me. Craig was he was really tough, typical Australian. You know, I, I knew that he'd, he'd played down at Crystal Palace, lots of caps for his country, and he knew you were in for a tough game. Um, and as you said there, you, you give as good as you get, you know. And I remember when it was Barry Ferguson against Neil Lennon at the time, wasn't Same. it? And generally, whoever won that midfield battle, mm, mm. your team would go pretty close to. You know, to control in that midfield, to to go on and to go on and win the game, type of thing. Yeah. And it was the same when when me and Craig were up each other were were um, you know up against each other because uh, you know it was a battle. Craig, you yeah. know, we we picked each other up from set pieces, and you want to win your individual battles. If you if as a team and you're eleven v eleven, if you can go and win five or six or seven of your individual battles. Predominantly, you go and win the game. Yeah, you're there. And to be fair, I was quite, I was quite lucky as well, uh, Rob, because I mean, Amo was a, he was a unit as well. Yeah, big, big, big Lorenzo Amo, so yeah. physical. He was, he was brilliant in those kind of matches. When you, you know, you come up against John Sutty and and Larson, mm. it, that was a formidable uh, strike force. So yeah. Lorenzo was a different player to me because you know physically he was much stronger. Um, which which was good because, like I said, we needed to mix and match a little bit. Um, you were more aggressive, though. I, I thought. Oh, here we go. Here yeah. we go. The uh, truth. The truth's coming out now. No, well, against uh, Amoruso, it was you. You could almost. I know he was strong, but you could almost lean on him, and Craig wouldn't let you do that. I, I don't know whether it was in his nature. 
you know, Craig, more aggressive, as I say, Australia and the Aussies are generally quite mm. aggressive, you know, hard. hard, hard in, 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 in a nice hard way. way. You, you were a lot more <laughs> aggressive, I would say, you know, coming yeah. up against My the school against Growing up as a kid, Mark Viduka, you know, yeah. so, oh, yeah. so again, a top player, my top, Viduks. top player. Again, those, those, I enjoyed playing against the bigger strikers for me. Um, bigger the, target the, to the, kick. The, the, the smaller, uh, just it was... It was more suitable to my game, you know, mm. the the smaller kind of striker that was really, really busy and didn't give you a minute's mm. uh, peace and all that sort of stuff and different types of movement. Um, I enjoyed the tussles. So they were great back in the day. And we've not seen each other probably for about 15 years. This is yeah. going to get emotional, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. might do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an emotional guy, Rob, you know. Yeah, I know you are. Especially as we exactly. get older. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, I'm going to get the two of you to uh, pick out your favourite uh, old firm Scottish Cup. Uh, memory um, it's going to be even with Craig Moore's memory it's going to be fairly straightforward for him maybe not so for John but we'll get to that a little bit later on we're also going to speak to Liam in a sec who's a Celtic fan just want to talk about Rangers for a moment that 2-1 win Sunday against Hibs Craig Moore was there uh, at close quarters watching them uh, mm. up close and personal which I'm sure he'll have enjoyed and Stephen Gerrard enjoyed the quality of the Rangers goals scored two fantastic goals uh, Ryan's goal should be up there with goal of the season I'm sure it will be and we've done a lot of things right today and now it sets up next week, you know, real mouthwatering game to look forward to. You know, if we can improve on a few little things from today, um, it'll give us a good chance. That sounded almost menacing from Stephen Gerrard there. It will be featuring, I think, in the goal of the sea. You know, anyone well, who doesn't put that in is going to hear about it. Yeah, and, I, and it was actually, um, it, was a, it was a really nice goal from Kent. Obviously drove, drove inside, um, you know, good, good pace and power and, and picks out the, the far corner. For me, he seemed quite frustrated, Kent, in the first half. He couldn't really get into the game, um, you know, kind of switch sides. Um, so fair play to him because, like I said, the start of the second half, Rangers, uh, you know, had spells where good control of the game, but uh, Kent did step up and, and, and provide that action and therefore the, the goal that put Rangers in a, in a comfortable position. But Hibs made it difficult, Rob. Um, you know, they, they have a, a late rally and a Nisbet header, but they had a couple of opportunities. Um, you know, Martin Boyle was lively with his pace and, and they got him behind a couple of times. So certainly give Rangers uh, something to, to think about. But in the end, as we've touched on, Rangers found enough, as they have majority of this season, to, to, to get the three points, you know. We've not been unbelievably brilliant, but professional enough to go and get the three points. Rangers against Celtic, three o'clock. Sunday is the kickoff. Let's talk to a Celtic fan, Liam. Hi, Liam. Hi, uh, how are they? Yeah, very well. Who's you? Uh, not bad, not bad. What would you like to say? Uh, my question was kind of uh, for John. Yeah. Just kind of asking, if you were, say, if you were in Dermot's position, um, coming to the end of the season, also with the whole saga with Eddie Howe, it looks like it's a done deal. Now it's, Holding off, he's talking to other clubs. He's wanting his own director of football. If you were Desmond, what would you do? Would you maybe hold off and see if he agrees, or start looking at other options? Well, Liam, I think if you if you if you believe in Eddie Howe and and you got a you got a feel you got an inkling of getting him, you try you go all out. You allow him to speak to other clubs. Um, it's his prerogative to do that. Listen, I know what the Celtic fans will say. Well, if you offer the Celtic job, you make a you know, you just go. Let me take it. You know, it's such a it's such a fantastic job to for a manager to take the way that you're taking it up here in in Glasgow. You're idolised by the supporters. Of course, there's pressure as well. You you've got to win, and Eddie Howe knows that, and he's got massive job um, in terms of you know turning Celtic's fortunes around and making them a winning outfit again. Um, so. 
what would I do? I'd stick with Eddie Howe for now. Um, I would be on the phone all the time to him. But there comes a stage where you go, I'm not really getting it from this guy. I'm not really getting it. Um, I'm going to have to move on. I'm going to have to move on and look elsewhere. Thank you, Eddie. You've had enough time. Um, I'd maybe give him a deadline and say, look, we need to know. We need to move on. We we are in, in you know actively looking for a new manager. You are a number one target. Stop messing us around. Make a decision. Yeah, talk to other clubs. Do you, that's your prerogative to do that. Ideally, you'd come to us straight away. It, you know, the world is not an ideal place right now. He'd have a lot to consider. Family. He's a Bournemouth lad. He's managed Bournemouth. He's been there all his life. Um, but then there comes a time where you go, right, you draw the line under the sand and say, sorry, we have to move on. And then you go look for somebody else. That's how I would treat it, Liam. With uh, Charlie Austin on the show uh, last week, last Thursday, saying he was the perfect fit yeah, for yeah. the job. And, and uh, Eddie Howe signed him when he was at Burnley yep. and he wanted to take him to Bournemouth as well. And that couldn't happen. Um, do you think we'd know by now, Craig Moore, um, if the wasn't happening well again that's another it's another good question I mean for me the the most important thing here is is a deadline mm. so, so that there's a really clear uh, time frame you're in you're in with us to turn things around this football club or you're not um, for me I think Celtic have got to be strong with that um, and if that means that he, he's no longer in the equation then then so be it you know Celtic are, are a big enough football club that they'll be able to get whether it's John Kennedy or somebody is desperate to manage Celtic football club and mm. see that as a great opportunity Eddie Howe can't keep sort of like keeping it dangling away and I think Celtic have got to be strong in making a, a tough decision to say you know what you've got 24-48 hours we need a decision Liam are you confident that moves are being made in the background that, that deals are being tied up in the background that make everything okay in time for next season I definitely think um that in the background there is stuff happening. I don't believe that. Um, I see. I see a lot of people saying nothing's getting done. They've been too long, and I see. You see, kind of Desmond's statement they brought out kind of cleared things up for me. Like he's taking his time on making sure he gets the right appointment. I think it is. That's what we need. It's the right appointment, not anything rushed. We need something, somebody that can come in and make a difference, make the right choices, the decisions that need to be made. Um, so I think it's now. I mean, you saw today Stephen Welsh signing a new deal. Yeah. I think. These are the decisions that need to be made to bring us forward. Taking time to get the right decision is absolutely spot on. But there is a time issue here as well, isn't there? In in getting everything else that goes with this appointment in place for next season, i.e. the the possible selling of players and and the replacing of players and the squad being right to hit the ground running, uh, firstly for those European qualifiers in July. Well, absolutely, and I think it was it was a really good choice to get Dominic Mackay in early, mm-hmm. so that he can do his business, settle into the job. Peter Lowell is still there, uh, guiding Dominic Mackay, you know, into his role, helping him settle, if you like. Um, that was a great thing, and ideally, if it was going to be Eddie Howe, you would love to have seen Eddie Howe, you know. His face even be seen just at the, at, just at the matches. Absolutely. He doesn't need to be on the in the dugout or but, on the sideline. But I was told then, reading in the media, I'm not. I don't know what's going on at Celtic. By the way, I have no information. I'm not party to any of that. But I was told then that Eddie Howe, he, he was going to join, but 
he wasn't going to join until the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because he might, that, that's he, fine. As that's long, okay. As long as everyone knows it's happening. Yes. Because he, yeah. he can be doing his, all he needs to do out of the picture. Rob, that's his prerogative as well because it's, it's not yeah. his responsibility yeah. to clean up the mess that Celtic have got themselves into yeah. in terms of players potentially leaving, loan deals, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. assistant manager, director of football. There's so many things to sort out. Yeah. Eddie Howe might be just sitting back. He might have a he might have a, a holiday with his family and he's not had one for 10 years because he's been managing. Yeah. He might have a holiday this summer. All of a sudden he's thinking, well, why should I go? Well, I've decided to go to Celtic. I know there's work to be done, but I, I'm going to start when I... when. You know when it's possible for me to start in July, whenever it is. So it's his prerogative to start whenever he wants. Liam, good to have you on the show. Yep, thank you. Cheers, All the Liam. best. That's Liam, a Celtic fan who will be interested in the person coming up next on the show because after the news at six, it's Celtic and Scotland defender Jack Henry. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Ah, oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Yeah, we're talking football for the next hour, uh, having clocked up 60 minutes already. Uh, One game in the SPFL is underway already tonight. A lot of big games uh, in the SPFL from Championship downwards. Pretty much full programmes in League One and Two. And a couple of, well, absolutely massive matches in the Championship. Uh, Four teams involved tonight, all looking to try to win a place in the playoffs. Hearts, of course, are the champions. They are coming up automatically. But a chance for Dunfermline, who are playing Dundee at the moment mm-hmm. at East End Park. Queen of the South play Wraith. That kicks off at seven. And uh, all four of them uh, are in with a shout of playoff places. Uh, we will speak uh, about that a little bit more uh, later on. There are six points between the five teams below Hearts in that championship. So that tells you how tight it is. And anything, just about anything is possible in the next few weeks. Are you choosing your Champions League viewing? I wonder uh, for tonight, a couple of matches in the quarterfinals. Um, Chelsea, two up uh, against Porto. I was reckoning that that was at Stamford Bridge tonight until John Hartson uh, very rightly pointed out that both games being played in Seville. Uh, so no home advantage in it, but Chelsea with a 2-0 lead from the first leg. I think I'll be watching PSG against Bayern. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself watched the, the first game last well, week. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, 3-2 uh, PSG. And uh, Kylian Mbappe uh, has scored eight uh, Champions League goals already this season. It is ridiculous. Um, and he's going for four straight uh, Champions League games in which he scored. Uh, and apparently he did that in his first four games for Monaco in the Champions League in 2017. He scored in their first four games in the Champions League age 18. And now 22. He is banging them in for fun at the moment. Maybe speak Champions League a little bit later on. Let's talk right now though on the Go Radio Football Show uh, to a man who's playing his football in Belgium at the moment Celtic and uh, Scotland defender he's on loan of course with uh, Austin Jack Hendry hi Jack hello Jack let's try again Jack are you there 
Hi guys, how you doing? Yeah, good, good man. Um, how are things? How, how is the lifestyle in Belgium? You're you're in Ostend, which is on the coast, obviously. Um, obviously, things things have been difficult for you in this in this year of years. It, it must have been tough uh, to be on loan away from family and friends and loved ones and all the rest of it, trying to uh, carve out a career in Belgian football. Yeah, for sure, it was a, a massive commitment for me to make the step to come over to Belgium. Uh, it was kind of an unknown country for myself, but it was it was one I had to take. I mean, it was a great opportunity for myself to come out and get some game time so uh, I grabbed it with both hands when I knew there was uh, interest there and thankfully so far it looks like it's paying off Did you were you optimistic when you when you moved there Jack because I mean obviously looking at the league table at the moment um, you're in you're in fifth place uh, three points behind Anderlecht at the moment the top three are Club Bruges Royal Antwerp and Genk so are, are Ostend um, outperforming themselves this season in terms of where they are? Yeah I mean you could say we're punching above our weight. Uh, I think this season so far, we've already accomplished the most uh, wins, and I think in a season in the club's history, and also get the club's best defensive record in the club's history as well. So I, I think that shows and how well the team's performing coming out here. I saw it as an opportunity to have an impact in a team that maybe wasn't performing as well, uh, and obviously it was new owners and new coaching staff and I saw a real opportunity to come out and kind of make my mark in this league uh, and make my mark in the team and hopefully uh, I've provided that with with end and uh, I've shown what I'm capable of out here and you, well the fact you're playing regularly for them tells its own story and it's got you back into the, the Scotland squad as well you've won your fourth and fifth caps against Austria and Israel and obviously that's a big driver for you at the moment looking to nail down a place in the Euros squad Yeah for sure I mean obviously coming into this season it was one of my goals to get back into the Scotland set up and uh, I've managed to do that but I know I've still got a a lot of hard work in front of me, a lot still to work on and try and get better at. And it was a great experience those last uh, couple of games with the international setup. And I feel that I've just got to try and build on that, learn from those couple of games that I've experienced. And hopefully, with the remaining games, I just end work on things that I might think that I need to work on and, and try and uh, get myself into that, that squad uh, for the Euros because it's definitely something that I want to be part of I think any football player wants to represent the country and uh, on such a special occasion I think that it would be uh, such an achievement to go to go and do that so from now to the end of the season that's all I'm focused on is trying to play well and trying to get myself into that squad uh, come the summer Jack Craig Moore here how are you mate? Yeah all good thanks Listen a couple of questions um I wanted to ask you about your, your brief time in Australia at, at Melbourne City. Um, yeah. And also probably the, the obvious question, which is um, next season. Does that, or, you know, in terms of, will Celtic supporters see you coming back to the football club? Yeah, I mean, obviously, out in Australia, uh, it was something that came up uh, and it really interested me. I think at that, that point in my career, I was... Uh, quite low in confidence and I felt that I just had to get away from everything and uh, literally to the other side of the world to try and just uh, rejuvenate myself uh, to go in a good environment good atmosphere nice weather as such and at a very professional club 
and it was really unfortunate I picked up an injury yeah. in the last minute in the second game uh, and I feel things would have worked out really well there but obviously that was really unfortunate and it was a very difficult time for myself to pick up that medial ligament injury but I used that time to really motivate myself to come back stronger yep. uh, and really work in my body as such and get mentally in a good place and, and knowing to myself that I need to come back now and obviously I'm 25 now so I knew it was a stage of my career where I had to make an impact wherever I went next and I used that kind of learning experience out in Australia to, to bounce back and, and really switch on my mental side of the game and use that time when I was off to work in my body and put myself in a good position possibly I could have uh, going into a season like like uh, this year so hopefully uh, that's worked out and I, f- I feel you're going to get uh, bad times during football and it's just how you come back from them and just trying to turn those negative times into positive and I used that with, with Australia and to be honest there was great people out there uh, great physios that helped me through that injury and I'm they, they just know nothing about football mate eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, to be fair like, it, it was it was uh, it was really enjoyable. I really enjoyed the people that are out there, and I, I think they're uh, very knowledgeable about about the game and stuff. And obviously, with surgery out there, uh, there's a lot of impact injuries with Australian mm-hmm. football. You know yeah. that, so uh, I was I was uh, comfortable getting that done out there uh, and touching on next season. I mean, for myself, I'm just concentrating on these next games. I've got seven games left of this season, and it's just trying to finish as high as possible with us then trying to get in a European spot uh, and and, try, and trying to do that and then for next season I think the most important thing is continuing my development which is playing games so it's very important next season wherever I end up is to continue playing every week and, and keep on developing because I feel that I come on leaps and bounds when I do play games and I think that's the most important thing for myself. Hi Jack, yeah, you would have been obviously watching the goings-on at at Celtic in, in recent months. Obviously a managerial change, different staff, um, new manager coming in. What, would you like to have the opportunity to, to come back to Celtic and see it as a fresh start, get into the side on the back of the experience that you've had playing at Ostend and would you be excited about that, getting that opportunity? Yeah, I mean, I've mm-hmm. still got a year left at, at Celtic, so... Uh, That's your parent club, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm I'm not going to turn down any opportunity that arises, and uh, obviously it's a bit unknown at the minute with Celtic and who the manager might be, etc., so uh, it's, it's hard to comment on that, mm-hmm. but uh, I hope things get sorted and uh, they turn themselves around and get back in a positive place where they should be, which is the number one team in Scotland, so... Uh, I'm hoping that it, that, get, that gets done quick and everyone then can look forward to uh, next season and, and look to have a, a positive impact. Uh, when you, but for me, mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's just yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to comment due to the uncertainty of the football club at the minute. While you've been away, Jack, and looking in at what's been happening at Celtic, and obviously there've been major defensive issues. Uh, and uh, Stephen Welsh has grabbed the chance and, and he's grabbed a, a new four-year extension uh, to his contract as of today. But but looking in for you from the outside, did you think, well, that could have been me? You know, I, I could have sorted Celtic's defensive problems. Yeah, I mean, 
I was brought to Celtic for a reason at the end of the day and it didn't obviously pan out the way I wanted but sometimes that's just football and I definitely feel that I could have an impact at Celtic and uh, yes, it's also been difficult to watch at times this season uh, but football's football and it's worked out that I've ended up at East End this season playing against really top teams and really top strikers and I feel that it's brought on my development a lot so um, obviously it's been difficult to see at Celtic but like with me happening, uh, didn't obviously get that game time that I would have wanted so I had to take that opportunity to go elsewhere and, and improve my worth and, and thankfully uh, I'm doing that at the minute and I've just got to keep on maintaining that. Jack, ju- just on that, obviously you know your experience uh, in Belgium so far, um, what, what does it compare to, I mean in terms of the, the type of football that's played there, I mean I had a mate that was coaching there, Kevin Musket, he says it's a very, very physical league, um, I, I, can you explain to the listeners uh, the type of league that it is? Yeah, I would agree. It's, it's, it's a physical league, but also uh, good technically. Also, so you've got kind of that mix uh, of the physical aspect and the technical. So, for me, I think it's, it's a good mix. I, I like getting tested every week by big physical strikers. I think you see the players that come out of Belgium. Uh, there's a lot of talent out here, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of money getting spent at the bigger teams and as wages as such and the transfer fees. So you know you're going to come up against a good striker uh, every week. It doesn't matter what team you're playing against, if it's a bottom team or it's a top team, Club Bruges, you're always coming up against a tough test. And for me as a defender, uh, I looked at it as a real opportunity to get tested every single week, which I feel it's helped my defensive uh, part of my game. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting league. It's It's got some top, top teams in it, good European pedigree. So, for the international stage, obviously it's helped as well playing against these international strikers uh, weekly because then when it's stepping into that international stage, it's a easier transition that would be maybe not playing against as good as opposition each week. You've got a management team around you, uh, Jack, uh, looking after all the administrational side of things, the contractual side of things. I'm assuming that, that Celtic have got first dibs on you uh, being the parent club f- for next season and, th- and then um, would Ostend have the, have the first option on you? And, and are there, you know, we have heard the rumour machine telling us that there are quite a few other clubs uh, hanging about with a bit of interest as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, uh, obviously I've still got a year left at Celtic and then Ostend have got an option to activate a certain amount to buy me at. So they've got, as you said, first dibs and they're looking to try and do that and it's just down to my representatives to speak to both parties and uh, come to an agreement or not an agreement for me or I've told my representatives for next year to try and play me at the highest level I possibly can get to uh, whichever club that may be because I feel that it's really important that I'm playing each week and playing at the highest level possible I feel that I can play at a very high level and Hopefully I've demonstrated that this season. And for me to keep on developing and to play against very good strikers week in, week out and at a really good stage. And obviously I learned a lot through my time at Celtic and uh, coming through adversity now. Uh, I feel that I'm ready to play at a club of that stature again. So uh, I'll just see what happens coming into the season. All I can do is concentrate my football on the pitch and let things off it, uh, take care of themselves, my representatives as such. It sounds like Celtic would be getting a much better player back 
than than the one who left initially for for Australia and then Belgium for all sorts of reasons. Um, you know, you've spoken about it yourself. The the battle back from from injury, which has toughened you up, presumably physically and mentally, and and quite simply, uh, you're a better player as well. Yeah, as I said, like I've came back mentally stronger, but I just feel these games. That's that's all I needed in my career was to mm. to have these games under my belt. Uh, I've not had a real good consistent run of games throughout my career uh, so I felt that was really important this season and it's even more important next season to get back to back seasons under my belt and I feel that I keep, do come on quite a lot which and downs with uh, those 90 minutes each game I think there's, n- there's no better learning curve for a player than playing, playing competitive games so uh, that's been very important for me this season with my development so I'm looking to continue that for the rest of this season and take it into next season also Jack I have to say uh, I think it's very admirable of you uh, in terms of you know you're at Celtic you're not, you're not playing games then you go and you know you take an opportunity you take a little bit of a risk and go to Australia then you end up at Belgium but obviously it shows me uh, and the guys in, in the studio here that you've got great strength of character you've improved mentally you've improved as a footballer and um, you know you put yourself back in the shop window now only because of your own self-confidence and naturally your ability as well so you know credit to you for doing that and and I hope it works out for you mate you know finish strong this season and as I said look at the offers that you have at the end of the season and I wish you well first and foremost you know I'd love to see you get back into into the Scotland squad especially with the Euros coming up so I can wish you well mate as a former Celtic player all the very best to you, mate. All the very best to you. And that must be a really yeah, exciting thanks, prospect for you, for you, for you, Jack, to to be part of uh, Stevie Clark's squad at the Euros. I mean, it's it's, it's feeling feels as if it's getting closer and closer at the moment. That opening game against the Czech Republic, there are going to be fans, uh, 25 percent of a crowd inside Hamden. I mean, that that must just get you really excited. The the very prospect of being involved in that. Yeah, definitely. I mean. For me, it was the greatest achievement of my career to pull on that Celtic, uh, Scotland jersey. So I feel that it's something that I've really worked towards this season. And, and thankfully, I've got myself into that setup. But now it's working hard from now to the end of the season to, to maintain that and to play in a major tournament for your country, I think, is uh, the biggest thrill for football. Uh, doesn't matter what else would happen. I think that that is something that everyone wants to accomplish. So... I'll be working extremely hard from now to the end of the season to try and get into that squad and uh, just see what happens. But, uh, yeah, a, a massive opportunity there to to be taken and, and hopefully uh, years to come as well I can make that position my own and uh, I've just got to try and do that on the pitch and make it a hard decision for whoever's making those calls uh, come the summer. Good to have you on the show, Jack, and uh, we wish you all the best at Ostend in the remaining games, uh, and also, of course, with Scotland. Hopefully, you're in that squad uh, for the summer. Yep, thanks very much, guys. Well done, Jack. That's Jack Hendry of Ostend at the moment, uh, but looking to be back playing for Celtic next season. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. A couple of legends in the studio on a Tuesday night. Glasgow's own Go Radio, the football show, five till seven, Monday to Friday. Craig Moore is here and uh, John Hartson 
is here as well. And it was good to hear there from Jack Hendry uh, before the break. Spoke really well. And he clearly wants, uh, he clearly sees Celtic, I think, John, as unfinished business. They haven't seen the best of him. Well, all he could do, Rob, as as a player uh, coming through, you know, playing for Celtic and not getting the opportunities, all he can do is go away, um, hope that he can settle into a team, into a country, and then that Celtic will keep one eye on him and obviously look at his appearances, look at his performances. He's done very, very well. Um, and I'd probably be a little bit shocked if Celtic didn't call him back, especially with the defensive issues that they've had. That's all he can do is impress, and he's certainly done that. Of course, it depends on the new gaffer, doesn't it? Who might have his own thoughts about all of that? It's all multi-confusing, isn't it? And he didn't—he didn't shed any clearer light on, on, on that situation either. No. But I mean, again, it's very hard. Little little do people know. Uh, but for me, the the great thing about uh, Jack was that his development and 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 how he feels as if that happens quickly when he's playing football. And I mean, I know it's not rocket science. But it's so important for younger players to be able to get those games and to play football week in, week out, growing confidence, physically become a, a stronger athlete. Uh, and sometimes, Rob, you see players that, that think being at a big club and not playing is enough. It's not enough. News, breaking news, that Stephen O'Donnell has signed a new contract, an extended contract with Motherwell. Um, so that's an extra two years on his deal. The Scotland right back, right wing back, whatever you want to call him. Um, he is going to be a Motherwell player for the next couple of years. And uh, on the day that Stephen Welsh has extended his contract at uh, Celtic, um, he's done really well since uh, coming into that central defence. He's looked uh, mature beyond his years and he has the reward of a four-year extension. Let's talk to Ryan in Cote Bridge. Hi, Ryan. Hi, uh, how are you doing? Yeah, we're well, Hi, thanks. Ryan. How are Ryan. you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad, thanks. Happy about Stephen Welsh signing a new Yeah, year. he's done really well, hasn't he, since coming in? Yeah, he's looked, he's looked really good. He's looked really composed on the ball and a good defender, so... All signs are good for the future, especially when he's next to Christopher Ayer. And he, I sometimes get the two mixed up because he's got the same hair colour, and that, which is only good for him. Yeah, it's not a bad, uh, not a bad mix-up to to have. Um, what would you like to say, Ryan? Um, it was just for your thoughts on potentially Lewis Ferguson coming to Celtic. I know that Scott Brown's leaving at the end of the season, and maybe he wants to play under him. But what would the the panel think about Lewis Ferguson potentially going to Celtic? Obviously. Um, He'd be worth a couple of million at least. Um, but how, how do you think he would fit into Celtic if Celtic were interested in him? Yeah, and of course his old man and his uncle uh, both played for Rangers. What do you think, Craig? No, I think, look, what I will say is, is Lewis Ferguson uh, started off the season very, very well uh, at Aberdeen. And, and, I, and I, again, I think probably with Aberdeen's struggles, that, that also had an impact on, on Lewis uh, Ferguson. But for me, he's a, he's a great Great young talent, um, you know, real energy, box to box player, physically um, really well suited, and and by you know I think he could actually go to to a Celtic and and do really really well. I, I believe that he probably does need to take uh, the next step to to develop and progress his game. Um, quite possibly, you know, you're talking a couple of million, but you know potentially uh, Celtic have the money that could actually spend that type of money on a midfielder to come in and replace a Scott Brown and could go into the starting eleven. And of course, if you look back into into recent history. Uh, 
every Celtic fan remembers the John McGinn transfer that didn't happen yeah. uh, and he went to Aston Villa instead and and it should be that, that, that Rangers and Celtic do cherry pick the best of yeah. Scottish football and, and keep them here John well I think Lewis Ferguson's a really good a really good player um and, and, and I just think you, you look at Celtic and Rangers they, they, they want the best players yeah. and, and they don't just want players of equal quality to what they've got because Celtic have about eight or nine midfield players to choose from you know Celtic are going to go for Lewis Ferguson he's got he's got to be able to be ready to go basically go into the team yeah. especially it's like a turnbull now when he first came to the club he was three million pounds he never got in until Christmas there was problems with maybe with his fitness he couldn't get up to speed um, there was the Scotland under 21 COVID yeah, thing but, wasn't but there? now all of a sudden Rob you, you know you can't you can't leave him out now no, turnbull's no. first name on the team sheet and Lewis Ferguson again you know he'd be he'd be fantastic for Celtic I think he's a really good player Scott Brown's irreplaceable if you like you know 14 years at the club 10 yeah. league titles other other medals his leadership qualities so that's a big void to fill of course but then you're looking at Sorrow who's kept Scott out of the team at mm-hmm. times this season so naturally you'd be looking at Sorrow to sit in front of the back four like Scott have, have played in you know in recent years and does that very well does Sorrow and then you've got the likes of McGregor Forrest, Elianusi, I don't know whether mm. Celtic can hold on to him. Will Southampton do another year, you know, on loan, or will they want to make a decision, Celtic, because there'll be other clubs chasing him as well. Yeah. But certainly, Celtic will be in the market for good players, and I think Lewis Ferguson is a very good player, but of course, Stephen Glass. We'll have a look at him, yeah. and he'd probably want to keep him as well. Yeah, he well, would, I, he'd I, want to hold on to his <laughs> best players. Yeah, well, I think so. I mean, he has underperformed as most of the Aberdeen players have underperformed of late. There's no doubt. Lewis would be the first person to hold up his hand and, and agree with that one. But mm-hmm. but he is he is a quality player. Uh, I think the reality though is that that it might be out of Stephen Glass's hands come the summer. Uh, yes, he, yes, he'll want the best players in there. The, the, there may well be financial pressure, you would imagine, on lots of clubs. I mean, Hibs have spoken in the last week about yep. selling players just because they have to. And, and Lewis Ferguson would certainly, has the potential to be raising a couple of million for Aberdeen, you would think. No, for sure. And I think, like I said, I mean, it, it's a business. Football is a business. And, you know, when you're, you're in Scotland and you're, you're not at Rangers or Celtic, then you're right. Rangers and Celtic do normally cherry pick the, the, the better players. Um but you just need to find a win-win situation for all parties. I mean, if Aberdeen get a, a, an offer, whether it be from Celtic, whether it was from a Rangers or whether it's from a club down south, if it's a right offer, then it, then it makes good sense and all parties win out of it. Aberdeen move on, they take their money and they look to, to bring in a new player. It's, it's football. Mm. I wonder if uh, James Forrest is going to feature for Celtic on Sunday in the Scottish Cup meeting with Rangers. Uh, he was taken off, of course, uh, in the course of uh, of that match, Ryan, uh, at the weekend. Here's John Kennedy uh, speaking afterwards about Forrest. Just in the second half, he felt his back really stiff and just kind of general tightness around his hamstrings and stuff. So we'll see how he is. Again, as soon as he said that, I took him off straight away. Again, even with other subs, guys that played, you know, Dave Turner's played nearly all the games. Again, get him off, get fresh legs on, and it just keeps the squad open and all in a good place and in good shape it next week. But we'll just have to assess uh, James over the next 40 hours. Ryan Celtic uh, will want James Forrest on board uh, for su- uh, on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's one of the players that you you really see that he's missed when he's out of the team. He, he gives us that width down the right-hand side that maybe Christie can't do. I know, I know he's been filling in a position there this season. James Forrest brings that natural pace and wedge to the team. Um, 
his numbers speak for himself in seasons gone by, um, and he's got two goals and two starts. So he's he's irreplaceable at the moment. We, we just hope that he's fit for Sunday. He'll be a big player for us. Ryan, who who would, who would you say is uh, certainly just can't afford to, to lose? Um, in the summer because we're talking about it it comes up every week we always say there's so much to do it's going to be a massive turnaround in personnel the loanies have to go back selling have players out on loan as we know that that's, that's got to be dealt with as well but you know you look at the likes of Edward will probably leave Christopher Ayer has a year left on his contract so selling either let him go for nothing and hold on to him for a year or they cash in on him this summer and then you've got McGregor, um, McGregor, you've got the likes of Forrest, Christie. Which one of these are you thinking, well, we have to hold on to this one? Um, in, terms of those, in terms of those names that you've mentioned, I would mm. say between McGregor and Ayer, but especially Ayer. I think this season he's been our player of the season. He's been the one mm. player that's that stood up and been counted for um, when the rest of the team's been terrible. Um, it's been a bit of a disaster. But why, why Ryan, a Celtic, let it get into this situation where the, the lad has only got one year left? Why aren't they throwing mm. a, a, a decent contract at him? I know, you know, I know the money down in England and everywhere else now it will probably blow anything out of the water that mm. Celtic could possibly offer. But the love for the club maybe make him captain. Yeah. He's been brilliant. I totally agree with you. It would be a disaster if we were to lose him because the way that he commands things now, he can run out with the ball. He's actually setting us off on our attacks. Yeah. You know, he's really good defend strongly. He's quick. Um, I totally agree, but you know, why then have Celtic allowed it to get to this situation? Because I and I will be calling all the shots. He's holding yeah. all the cards. Yeah, I think the board have mismanaged that, especially last mm. season. I thought that Iron and Edward should have been offered fresh terms for this season, regardless of what happened this season. I think we took a lot of risks with the whole prospect to 10 in a row. Mm. Hopefully the, play- the players were going to retain their value if we, were- if we were to win 10 in a row, but obviously it hasn't transpired that way um, and the players' values have depreciated. That, that's significantly, where f- I would say. That, that, that's where forward planning is massive in football, isn't it? You know, it's it's not good. And, you know, you can't really be making decisions going into the last year of a player's contract. You have to be making up your mind before that 18 months. if you want to keep them. Normally 18, normally 18 months. Uh, if you've not already started to have discussions with the club that you're at with, with your last 18 months, you know that your, your contract's either running down and you're going to leave on a free or six months later they're going to they're try and cash in. But Aya for me is a massive, massive player for, for Celtic. Um, I think he's still only 22. He, he's, he's young. He's the yeah. type of player, yeah. Craig. He's so they have to look at the new manager. I want to build my team around this guy. 100%. But, John, see if they, again, explain that to him, sit down with him, try and try your absolute mm. best to, to extend his deal, you know, because I still think that where he's at now, he's a wonderful player. He's still got scope for massive improvement. Mm. If he was to leave Celtic now right, and then and then go to the, the so-called bigger five leagues in the world, is he going to go into a starting eleven right now? Ah, good point. You're not wrong about much, Craig Moore, but you're right again. He's 22, and, and there's a lot of mileage on the clock, isn't Massive. there, for a player of that age? Celtic still have a I'd great opportunity to protect. I'd, I'd be amazed, Craig, if Celtic are not offering him a, a, a bumper, yeah. a real bumper contract, because he is a bit special. I know you're saying he's not quite the finished article. He's 22. He's only going to get better. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Celtic, I'd be amazed. 
you know, the agent gets involved, then the agent is possibly, you know, putting him out there in terms of yeah, got yeah. this young twenty everybody's looking at him. But that's it's that's a where, one. But that's where what's happening in the background is absolutely crucial. I mean Scott Brown when he when he announced that he was going to be joining Aberdeen yeah. next season spoke about the uncertainty yeah. as being a factor yeah, yeah. in his decision making process. Now the same uh, could be might be said of Chris Iyer who is wondering if he's going to tie himself down to Celtic for a further mm. few years yeah. or whether he's going to go elsewhere. Uh, so he you know it's what I was asking you about earlier on our players in the loop about what is happening even if it's not public information mm. the players know you know Chris Iyer will want to know who is going to be the manager for next season and, and if if that's the, a manager who, who wants him to play unless his mind of course is made up already well that's my point well, what, why is he not um, committing why is he not committing his future I know what you're saying uh, about the next manager the next manager does it make an awful lot of difference to a 22 year old Chris well, it's, 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 does it's he success know, does or he know not does not Eddie Howe's not going not gonna to fancy him out does he know John Kennedy's not going to yeah, but, really but, but you also want to know that it's the right manager who's going to come back at Rangers with a serious title challenge next season yeah. that, that matters surely I thought, yeah, that, that does matter but for do me do you think then if John Kennedy was to be given the Celtic job that would make a difference to Christopher Ayer if Eddie Howe was getting this job I don't no He's either going to yeah. sign a contract for Celtic and he's yeah. enjoying his football, and if he goes and talks to the to the hierarchy, the guys who are in in in, uh, in in charge of the contract situation, he could even say, "Well, I'll sign a two year contract or a, or a one year contract on the basis of how well the club do." So when you signed for a signed for a club, you weren't concerned who the manager was. It was just about signing for Wimbledon or West Ham or Arsenal or whoever, on, whoever it was at the time. Later on, you in my surely career, thought about when, who the manager was. When I was early, I didn't really get a choice. When you think George Graham bought me, then Ari Redknapp bought me, then Joe Kinnear, they were managers of these football clubs: Arsenal, West Ham, Wimbledon. Mm. Brian Robson. I never really. I was young, but then when I decided to come to Celtic and realise that Martin O'Neill was in charge. That sort of really excited me, mm. you know. So I think the more mature you get, yeah, yeah. the younger you are, you're like, you all of a sudden, I'm just going to go to this great football club. But but I think, oh, yeah, you're right. But I, I think with Aya, we, we had Jack Hendry on earlier on uh, and in terms of playing football week in, week out. Uh, and, and John, like I said, I'm not, I'd be interested in your opinion. Aya... I mean, don't get me wrong. If someone's going to spend twenty, thirty million, the boy's starting wherever you know, wherever he may go. He's got to be a starting eleven, a player. If you're spending that amount of money, but whether or not that's going to be the case, and whether that opportunity is there, you know, I just hope that, and I'm sure people that are representing and behind the scenes, he needs to be in a position where he continually plays week in, week out. He should be the main player that Celtic yep. are looking to build a football club around, um, and he's only twenty two. 23, 24, you can still sell him and make a lot of money. Take the club a little bit further forward. Um, extra planning that hopefully Celtic will now do moving forward in the future. Um, but again, if a, a massive offer comes in and blows everything out of the water, that means that he will get a starting position. I just doubt whether at this moment in time he can go in starting 11 top five leagues in the world. Well, the thing is as well, he, he, he's in a great position now, uh, Christopher Lyon. As I said, he's holding all the cards. He's expecting Celtic to offer him a fantastic contract to stay. Um, there certainly will be other clubs that will bid for him. You know, he's got a year left, but they won't get top dollar now either mm -hmm. because they're thinking, yeah. well, in six months' time, they can actually legally go and speak to the player Correct. about signing yeah. him. Yeah. So now at the minute, they can almost chance their arm and say, well, we'll give you £15 million with a year left on his contract. 
and Celtic might go that's an incredible offer for a player that's got one yeah. year left but to, fair, to be fair to him uh, through all this confusion and question marks about his future uh, he has certainly given it plenty hasn't he he plays with a real passion yeah. for, for Celtic and, and there are lots of Celtic fans who would like to see the, the next uh, set up uh, built around uh, that defensive cornerstone of uh, Christopher Iyer we shall see what happens Ryan what about Sunday what are you thinking in terms of scoreline um, in terms of the scoreline, I think it I think it'll be close as it has been this season. Well, apart from maybe the first game, which was two nothing going on about three or four nothing, it felt like. Yeah. Um, but we have kind of closed the gap in the past couple of games, and I'm I'm quietly confident that we can do the business on Sunday. Um, maybe two one. Two one Celtic. Okay, thank you very much. Good to have you on the show, Ryan. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, Ryan. All change, of course, with the fourth round of the Scottish Cup. It's all her. It's been uh, reshuffled big time. Rangers, Celtic, three o'clock Sunday. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Another two hours that simply flies by. It tends to do that, especially in the company of these two. Rob McLean here with Craig Moore and John Hartson. It's been good and uh, we've just got a few minutes left. We're going to speak about uh, Old Firm shortly, uh, famous Scottish Cup games of old. There are some big games though ongoing at the moment in the SPFL. It's a big night uh, from Championship uh, downwards. Dunfermline Dundee is almost at half time at East End Park. It's nil-nil. These are tens games uh, at this stage of the season. Uh, two games tonight. That Dunfermline Dundee game and then it's 7 o'clock, <coughs> Queen of the South against Wraith Rovers. And all four of them, uh, Craig, potentially uh, getting into the playoff places and keeping in with a chance of promotion. Very exciting uh, division, the championship this year. I mean, OK, Hearts have, uh, have run away with it. But yeah, when you look at the when you look at the table, the, the, the next five, uh, only only six points from Queen of the South up to up to Wraith. Um, some, some interesting games between now and, and the end of the season. Um there's been a lot of good football actually in the championship. Uh, like I says, Hearts absolutely cruised it, and been people have been critical of how they've actually been promoted. But this has been an entertaining league, and still so much to play for from these uh, you know three or four clubs. League two looks uh, pretty much done and dusted uh, for Queens Park with a twelve point advantage at the moment over Edinburgh City. But you can't say that about League one. Uh, eight points between the top six in League one, and lots of action tonight. League two, firstly, Albion Cowden beat Edinburgh City, Brechin, Queens Park at home to Annan, Stenhousemuir, Elgin, <coughs> Stirling, Albion against Stranraer. Two games. Uh, in League One, Airdrie against Forfar. Now, Airdrie are one of those teams still in touch at the top end of uh, that division. Um, Partick Thistle, of course, are another one. So it's a massive match, John Hartson, tonight for Partick Thistle, isn't it? They are a full-time club. They're in League One. They desperately want to bounce back. They feel they shouldn't have been demoted in the first place. Uh, they're a club that don't want to be looking at another season of League One football. And I get the feeling when you look at them in the table, uh, they can move to within a point of Cove Rangers mm-hmm. if they win uh, tonight. Cove are in second place. Uh, they would be getting moving in close on Falkirk, the leaders as well. Uh, that has a feel tonight at Firhill of must win for the Jags yeah it does and um, you know you just <clears throat> uh, summed it up perfectly then Rob the, a win tonight takes them to within a point of Cove Rangers or a second Falkirk are a, are a strong team they've been pretty much up there all season good ground Falkirk well run football club as well but I can remember going back several years now I was with um, Livingston and um, we went we went up through the the we finished second to 
to Jack Ross's St Mirren that year. Jack yeah. Ross moved on to Sunderland. David Oppie moved on to Bradford. Um, and we went up through the playoffs and we actually beat Partick Thistle in the final of the playoffs. Partick Thistle haven't gone back, haven't played in the Premiership since. So sometimes when you get knocked down from the Premiership, mm. it can take a while to get back up there, you know? Yeah, um, there's no divine right, is there? No, and, no. You, and look where Livingston now. Where Livingston are, and, yeah. and the other point I was going to make was if you finish second... Yeah. You play far less games. You play four games if you finish third. You've yeah. got six games to negotiate. So, the importance of getting that second position, you know, can um, can be detrimental in terms of the more games that you have to play. Yeah, lots of question marks about the the playoffs, but you certainly want to be in there at the end of the season. A, a truncated season it is, of course, uh, because both those leagues will split after eighteen games. They're playing so many games in a, a short space of time at the moment. It's absolutely. Uh, crazy so splitting after 18 and then four more games post split and let's hope those playoffs can happen and that we do get that refresh in, in Scottish football that, that we so badly want we're looking ahead in the final few minutes of the show uh, towards Sunday it's uh, three o'clock Sunday now for Rangers and Celtic f- playing for a place in the Scottish Cup quarterfinals Craig Moore and John Hartson know all about this famous Fixture, Craig. What's your outstanding Scottish Cup memory of Rangers against Celtic? You, you love testing my memory, don't you? But uh, now, nah, look, I, I remember back in in two thousand and two Scottish Cup final, um, obviously against Celtic. Uh, you know, we we've kind of come from a position, come from behind. Um, John, I believe you were on the score sheet that day. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know what the two centre halves were doing for Rangers on that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we, we ended up going. Must on have been the other guy. <laughs> Barry Ferguson scored an amazing free kick that day, um, and Peter Lovencrans ended up getting a couple of goals. The last, which was was right right at the death, with a wonderful ball from from Neil McCann, mm. um, header from from Peter Lovencrans, and, and a great way for for us to finish to the season. Uh, and that's probably my best memory of terms of the Scottish Cup didn't score too many headers did he Peter Lovenkrantz no but he scored he scored a lot of goals he did such pace because um, he was used as a central striker wasn't he because, because you know a lot of the time he was out wide he was but actually, do, actually yeah. through the, his pace through the middle w- yeah. was a real he weapon he was one of these it? players Rob that would always do something against you against Celtic he seemed to Matt. raise his game again whether he made a goal or scored a goal or scored a goal but he was a good player Peter Lovenkrantz quick, quick good left foot could strike it he was always capable of scoring a goal mm-hmm. I, I liked him as a player what about you, John? Uh, Favourite Scottish Cup well, I, I memory pl- of an think, old firm game? I think I played in two, Rob. I lost one, um, the one that Craig's talking about there. We were hoping it was going into extra time, but mm. I think it was around about the 89th minute yeah, that Lovencrans got the winner. Um, and the one uh, then that I won, it was uh, it was obviously Craig Bellamy come up that year and Chris Sutton missed a penalty. Alan Thompson scored, scored the goal. Um, Chris misses a penalty. It's not got a mention since I miss a penalty in the cup final and everybody's, you know, caning me for it. But uh, <laughs> it was a case of uh, one, one, lost one. But the semi final one year took us into the final against Rangers at Parkhead. It was uh, Kishansvili and Marvin Andrews, the, the two centre halves for Rangers. Craig wasn't playing that day. Um, but we won the game to, to where I flicked one on for Chris for the first goal, slid in. And then I managed to peel off the back post uh, on Marvin Andrews's shoulder and just tapped it into my left foot. And it was quite a funny angle past Stefan Kloss. 
and I ran off to the Celtic fans in the corner. We'd won the game 2-1. I'd recently signed a new contract to extend my stay at Celtic and that put us into the final. I think it was either a quarter-final or a semi-final, but that was my best moment in the Scottish Cup. You know, beating Rangers at Celtic Park, scoring the winning goal. Um, so I've not really got a favourite Cup final one. As I said, I think that was the year Martin O'Neill actually left, I believe. I'm not, yeah. not quite sure. Yeah. I'm like you, Craig. I'm, I'm, Maybe, yeah. I'm, I'm hopeless. <laughs> I know. Oh. It, it can be a bit of a head-scratcher. Uh, before we go, uh, you're off Twitter. Um, yeah. what, for, a, for a spell, what's that all about? Well, I just want to uh, be a part of the, the campaign, the Respect campaign that, uh, that football clubs now are boycotting social media um, just for the fact that there's an awful lot of young... Uh, players being racially abused, uh, totally disgusting uh, what's being done. Not enough is being done. No. Plenty of people have been phoning me, Rob, and saying, well, why are you coming off it, John? You know, What difference are you going to make? I'm like, well, no disrespect. If everybody had that attitude, Never change. nothing would happen, would no, it? Exactly. So, you know, my, my hometown club, Swansea City, they were the first one yep. um, to set the president, if you like. They, they led the way in terms of coming off social media as a football club with many of their players so just out of respect I've just decided to have a month off and it probably does need that concerted approach uh, to have any great impact on the on the social media providers Uh, so closing thoughts on the show about that game then on Sunday are Rangers going to take another step towards a league and cup double Craig? Rob, I, I think they can. Look, I mean, I, I just think at the moment the, the mentality and, and, and the mindset of Rangers, even when they're, they're not at their best, they still seem to um, to know how to get over the line. Um, so I, I just feel with that shift that's happened this season, I, I can't see uh, Rangers getting beaten this much. And just briefly, uh, John, what an incentive for Celtic. You don't want to go from 12 straight trophies to zero no. this, this season. And I think it would appease the supporters slightly, although they're, you know, very unhappy how the league campaign has gone, losing by so many points. It would appease uh, the fans if they were to come back with their fifth Scottish Cup on the spin. Um, and I just feel it'll be a difficult game. I think Celtic will need to be at the very best at Ibrox. Uh, Rangers now believe they can beat Celtic. And for the last eight or nine years, that hasn't been the case. They've beaten them twice this season and they've drawn the once Rangers against Celtic. So for me, they now believe that they've got the edge. It's up to Celtic to respond and go to Ibrox and really turn it on and and, and do it for the supporters because the supporters have been through enough this season. From John Hartson and from Craig Moore and from me, Rob McLean. Good night. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.